0: Hey, this is Lee Buss with the Revenue Accelerator podcast with my guest today, Nate. Now, I'm going to let you introduce yourself because you do a lot of complicated things and get big results for your clients. So, um Nate, what do you do and why should people care?
1: Uh, well, to answer the second question first, uh, everything I'm going to say is going to be amazingly interesting for all audiences, I'm sure. Uh, no, um, basically what we do is human-centered design. So I run this company called Swarm, um, managing partner there. And um, basically what we do is develop digital products. So that might take the form of an app a feature, um, you know, for an existing product, like a website, or we can do full website. Uh, But really where we help our clients is with strategizing around digital products. So um, really kind of thinking through that human centered design process to actually create real experiences and and not just about like getting to the quickest, easiest thing, uh, but but the thing that's really going to have lasting impact for um, brands, companies, or whoever we're working with.
0: So like, why care about the experience? Because I know like you can get someone from Bulgaria to develop an app or something like that, Romania, somewhere in Eastern Europe. Um, (laughs) They're Mm -hmm. really good with tech there. Um, So like you could just go on Fiverr, if you will, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Why is the experience something that you guys really hang your hat on? And what does that really mean in terms of the end user experience? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, totally. Um, I think that's fair. And I think it's all about thinking about what scale you're at. So I know we talked Mm. a little bit about how, you know, we both do B2B work. And I work with um, solopreneurs. Um, We're doing a lot of enterprise work now with Swarm. And it, it, you know, I think that there's opportunities to think through it differently, depending on what scale you're you're at. Um, You know, one of the things that happened recently is I was sitting in a, a marketing pitch meeting uh, for one of uh, my small business clients and they had this diagram where they had, um, you know, content marketing strategy. And then underneath that, they had um, each of the channels like Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and then they had website. And what was really interesting thinking, I was sitting there and I was like, something doesn't sit right with me, like in this meeting. And I'm like, what, what is it? Why? And I was trying to investigate that a little bit. And I was like, you know what it is, is that like, when you are using those other platforms, you're really just borrowing customers I mean don't get me wrong like you should you should want to be on those platforms. They do a good job of thinking through user experience but uh you know when you are on Facebook or Twitter, you're really limited to whatever they give you in terms of options. When you have a custom platform like a website um, or an app, you know you have a far greater opportunity to think through how your customer uh interacts with your your service. Um, and there's there's just far deeper ways that you can engage. Um, you know, and not everybody's gonna need that. I think to your point, like, you know, I, I'm never like sometimes people come to me with a challenge like, why wouldn't I just go build it on, on Squarespace? And it's like, look, if you're at the scale where you just need to get a website up and it's you're a freelancer, da, 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 I'm not gonna say, Oh yeah, go go spend, you know, 20 grand on a custom developed thing. That it's it's like that's insane. No, do what's right for the scale you're at. I think the the problem with with you know, thinking of it as, as, um, you know, just another channel is that if you are at a scale of your business where you have budget, you know, you're going to be able to go a lot deeper hmm. and, and get more data, get better overall, like, you know, customer, uh, what I want to say, like return customers, like you're going to be able to, like, there's so many ways engagement. you can kind of think engagement. Yep. So you know, thinking on that level, when you think through what that software experience possibilities are, I mean, that really opens up, you know, uh, you know, maybe where people aren't thinking about when they think about how do I? Oh, I just go to Fiverr. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Well, I, mean, I think
0: it's, it's really talking about the mindset of where you are in business, right? Not yes. just in terms of the economics, in terms of what money do you have in terms of being able to invest in your business, if you will, but really looking at if you're a certain place in your business and you understand that the customer experience, the journey that they go through has a definitive and very direct impact in terms of your bottom line, then that's where you're actually going to start spending a little bit more of your money is the, I mean, at the end of the day, it's easier to resell than it is to sell someone. Right. Right. So what efforts are you doing? And I think that a lot of people who are newer in business are hyper-focused on this. I need to sell, I need to sell, I need to sell. And it's so much easier. It's it's just, you know, money begets money kind of thing of like, so if you have clients, clients beget clients kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Um, So like what led you guys to kind of really focus on this experience aspect of things versus just kind of doing a churn and burn model of just getting stuff out there?
1: Well, um, so Swarm is, uh, man, how old 2013 was when it was founded by some friends of mine, and I'm actually the newest partner at Swarm. So, um, it's, it, they've gone through quite the journey. Um, but basically started out as like a mobile app development company and, and mainly focused on mobile app development because 2013, there were just people looking for apps. Not that that doesn't happen, but it's, it's a very different world where now where people like, it's like, don't want an app that, you know, it thinks differently. But I think that the, the the through the thread that I've noticed and and I've seen the company grow and I came on in like 2019, a lot of the work that um, we've been doing has this throughput of being very human centered. Mm. Um, it's it's really like this UX strategy work where it wasn't about um, you know they call this in in the kind of agency world body shops where it's like um, you know you're just going to go out and say I want to get X Y Z project done and how much does it cost okay, I'm just going to go rent some bodies and like get it done. Um, But, you know, agencies like Swarm have always been heavy on the strategy side. So somebody comes with an idea, like I want to bring a product to market, I, you know, an app, a website, whatever, but, you know, but I don't quite know what I need yet. And I want to work with you to kind of develop that idea Mm. out. And, um, you know all of the partners that, that, um, you know, like I said, we, we all met through the startup world. And so we have a lot of experience with that kind of like early stage generating traction, like, you know, product market fit stuff. And that's the kind of thing where, you know, I mean, I, I train, I also train developers. I've, I've taught coding and web development for several years and, That's just not something a general developer would do, you know. Is like think through like all the different aspects of a business and where's the ROI. We're
0: happy when they take showers. So (laughs) right, exactly forethought. (laughs) <laughs> like that's a big
1: bonus. Yeah, well, sometimes it's like people will just do what they're told, kind of thing. And I think yeah. that um, that's really the flip side. Uh, you know, what I've seen both in Swarm and outside of Swarm is sometimes you come come along projects where people did just kind of like go to Fiverr and say, "I just want to get this done," and then the person just did exactly what they told were told to do. Yes. and it's like okay, but you know, it it didn't actually fit. That doesn't in,
0: make sense. Yeah, yeah, it
1: didn't make sense, or or they didn't have the right metrics, or. I mean, there's so many ways that that goes wrong because then you're just kind of like, okay, well, cool. We spent uh, less money, but now we have this thing that's totally useless and it doesn't, doesn't actually do anything right. for our business. So um, well, and, and
0: isn't that where most people go wrong with yeah. their apps? I, I mean, at least that's what I've seen in terms mm-hmm. of like, okay, great. I mean, we saw this huge, like, I have an app, I have an app, I have an app, I have an app, right? Like yeah. it was this thing. Um, I. For on my end, I've been seeing kind of more of this trend, um, I think in, in overall and everything, when it comes to businesses, the quality over the quantity aspect. So like Mm. looking at, you know, where, so I guess the question really is, is where's the ROI when it comes to an app, right? So like, you know, we, there is a point where you don't want to keep spending good money after bad, um, especially if you started off with a shitty foundation. So where would that, where's that place where people start seeing that return?
1: well it's could be very different depending on the circumstance and the scale of the business i mean it's uh, that that easy answer of depends i well, guess come on what i want to say <laughs> i mean i think that where people often go wrong with this is is that they don't examine you know they don't examine what the roi is with an app like they mm. race to the finish line with like we need an app that does xyz and it's like well it, are those are those specific functions going to help because i mean an app at the end of the day it could, it could take on different manifestations it's a, it's a marketing tool, you know, right. it's going to drive awareness or engagement, or it's, it's a tool that you monetize directly. Um, you know what I mean? Um, and, and where that fits into this, into the existing business model is unique to that business. So like um, oftentimes when people are at the stage where they're like, I want to build an app, sometimes they're not even thinking about that part of it. And yeah. and then, you know, what I notice a lot that, that unfortunately is just very common is that they don't think past the launch. So it's kind of like, okay, cool. Well, we know we want to build an app and we're going to need all this engagement, but we don't think about the fact that like, we're going to need to run updates and like not everybody, not version one is just the first version, right. you know, and that like, you know, you're going to have to Creative improve people. on it. It is, yeah. <laughs> and it's going to require support and, and you know, you're going to have to actually, you know, I mean, you're building in kind of a, a software component to your business, um, you know, so you have to- you know, But have to software never breaks. Ever. Yeah, exactly. Right. You just do it Ever. once and then and then there's never <laughs> any updates from Apple or anything like no that. Patches. Or, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's no bugs. <laughs> no. No. But I mean, I think even just like that question of like, because I think people jump to like what is the cost? That's what I mm. noticed with apps, is like, what is the cost? What is the cost? What is the cost? And it's like, okay, well, what do you I think the flip side is is better, which is like what is the value? Like what what do you want to get out of it? Like right. is is a better starting point, because then you can kind of work backwards to the cost from there. Because then you can kind of do an analysis of like, well, if we want to get a 10x return on this, we're going to need XYZ, you know, at the beginning. And maybe that doesn't make sense for us right now, in which case we don't even need to like, you know, I mean, the amount of effort that would go into just finding the people and sourcing it and getting that budget together, you know, so people jump to the finish line too quickly when it comes to technology.
0: <laughs> well, and that's what I love about what you guys do is because you are so strategy focused in terms of really looking at not necessarily how do you, how's that credit card going to clear? Is that check going to, you know, bounce or anything like that, but looking at where does this make sense for the person and where they are in business and oftentimes one of two things happens. Either one, they've really missed the boat in terms of they should have done this years ago, but they, you know, they, they hesitated or way too early <laughs> to the game, like go sit in the bleachers and, you know, wait for the next one kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to like integration and looking at the whole picture, the app is just a piece of kind of what you guys do and what some people come to you for. So what is that holistic look at the human design and looking at where the economies are going and what someone should really have in place when it comes to the digital thumbprint, if you would, of your business?
1: That's a really big question. And it's a good question. Um, the I
0: was really surprised that that just came out. So.
1: <laughs> uh, surprise yourself. Um, it's um, so I kind of came about this from from a practitioner standpoint and then learn the theory which mm. is i think from a i think a lot of people in my position end up in that way where um you know i started uh i i'm like a self-taught web developer i mean i just started like getting into web development like i think yeah, initially particular
0: in the... n- typical nerd story you
1: Exactly. Exactly. You just kind of do it.
0: I got a computer and I it out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: And, um, yeah, I mean, I just started to like learn on the job, people asking me to do stuff. And then, mm. you know, I was just kind of figuring it out. And, and as the industry has evolved and changed and, 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 and there start to be these roles that develop like, you know, UX, which didn't really exist. Like in that, it, it, when I started, there wasn't really like a UX type mm. person, you know? And so, um, and, and I think everybody kind of has a different angle that they kind of come at it from, but so I got, I got introduced to design thinking. And when I got into design thinking, I don't know, have you ever encountered design thinking before?
0: Yeah. So I did work at a software startup and it was a membership based uh, product that um, supported nonprofits. And so we did 5 million in VC funding and stuff like that. And so, my familiarity with this exact world is much more in depth than i think most people would understand so it's why i could say the comment of the shower thing because
1: <laughs> i lived it <laughs> you know it firsthand yes. the smells so
0: all of the sops and the documentation and the bugs and the 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 weekend testing and stuff like that yes firsthand experience
1: well just a mini story on that because the people i met the the way i met the the founders of swarm and and was actually founded from a hackathon so i don't mm. know how familiar with that but that's yeah, very similar that, I've,
0: I've led one of those so you led
1: a little hack so you know all about that and that's definitely got its own world of <laughs> that's
0: its own kind of special
1: <laughs> yeah exactly it's but like
0: idea- that times like a million <laughs>
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, let's get a bunch of people into a room for three days, lock them in, and then they see what comes out after. Just,
0: and just keep throwing Red Bull, you know, <laughs> yeah, open exactly. the door and just throw it in there and like watch them fight over it. It's pretty entertaining.
1: Yeah. what's well, great. I mean, I, so I got into that world. That was my introduction. You know, I had been doing uh, stuff on my own, but that's really where I started meeting designers and really getting Mm. in the startup world and all that stuff. And that's how I got the exposure. And then, and then I learned about design thinking um, from a friend of mine, who's like actually a former professor. And so he's very academic about it. And he was like, look, what you're doing is like this design thinking thing. And I was like, oh, weird. I guess I am doing that. And I, I read about it and I learned about it and did a lot of research and ended up teaching some classes around design thinking. And it, it really design thinking is about taking that hackathon practice that we use in product development world and applying it to organizational strategies and yeah. how teams uh, come together. So um, I think it's really applicable to a lot of scenarios. I mean, um, not to go too deep into it, because I know you asked a really big question, but what, what I think is really interesting to me is that it's, um there's all these different frameworks, but they all start with the same step, which is sometimes called mindset, sometimes called empathy. And so all of these approaches, no matter how you slice it, there's the ideal model, you know, there's like the Illinois model and like uh, there's all these different ones, but they all start with that idea of like, look, whatever you're doing right now is like, you're in this kind of like line, this sink, this sort of like linear path. Mm -hmm. And that's limiting kind of the creative possibilities for the potential for the next step. So that first step in whatever design practice you do is always stepping out of whatever you're currently doing mm-hmm. and asking a bigger picture and trying to think outside of your own head. Like we are a team and we've been doing it this way. You know, we, we have this website and it's, it's does this, you know, uh, or we have a plan for an app and it's going to do this for us, for our business really thinking really big and high level and stepping out and kind of just observing and, and, and not being too judgmental. And I think that's really the key to any sort of solid design practice, no matter how you slice it is like, you got to step out of your shoes. You got to not make too many assumptions. You got to be able to be open to like letting the thing, you know, kind of come in where it needs to come in. Um, You know, so
0: well inspiration, right. Especially when you look at you know, engineers you yeah. all are doing who are who work in the binarial zeros and ones kind of world, right? So this creativity aspect is not something that is bestowed as a gift on many people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's why you can do because you are you are that weird unicorn who can straddle <laughs> both worlds. You can speak to upper management and then you mm-hmm. can like translate it into directives for the engineers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well And, and, and so, but it's not any different than being the CEO in your business in terms of take out the word app, take out the word codes, right. And all that stuff, it's still a marketing plan. It's still a revenue plan. It's still a lead gen plan. It's still whatever insert plan. It's the same process in a way Mm -hmm. of how do you detach yourself from the end goal And really look at it from that 30,000 foot view to see what are the evolutionary steps to achieve, not just what you want to next tomorrow or a month or a year from now, but what is that overall vision for how this, because it becomes its own human thing, right? It becomes a being that needs to be fed and taken Mm -hmm. care of. You didn't realize I was going to be able to go with you here.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm glad you, I, I know you, I knew you had it in you. Uh, Yeah. I I think just, it works at all scale businesses now. I mean, you hear even like, you know, sort of like old, old firms like traditional firms things like that they want to be more agile you know what I mean and that's yes. what they mean is they want to be <laughs> able to like
0: word. <laughs>
1: exactly but it I mean what do they mean they mean they want to be more creative they want to kind of do not be stuck in this one way flexibility. because flexibility.
0: yeah exactly
1: and and that's how businesses kind of have to be and it doesn't matter what scale you're at you, you know it's always going to be that you you kind of are adapting to the circumstances and that sort of thing so yeah. I, I mean,
0: that's just so much of like business. And I think where there's a lot of frustration is I had a plan and this is what I was going to do and your inability to, you know, be nimble and to kind of move your feet, right? Like it is a little bit like a, a boxing match, if you will. Sometimes you get a duck, sometimes you can take a swing, but you still got to dance around the ring. Wow. This is really going somewhere. So.
1: <laughs> Are you a boxer? I didn't no, know. <laughs> I
0: hate, I will play sports. I hate watching them. So, I mean, I had this whole like imagery of Muhammad Ali in my head and Stuff like nice. that. So, I was like, you know, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee kind of thing. Um, wow, this is so special. So, <laughs> <laughs> nice. where do you think, um, because so there was this whole like, you know, technology, I need to, you know, have the automation, I need to have the app, I need to have the website. So, people understand at least now much more so than 10, 15, 20 years ago, the value of having these technological assets. Where do you see all of these playing together and where is it all going?
1: Well, so I've had a lot of conversations because again, like I'm not, I'm not sort of like professionally trained as a UX person. I've kind Probably of learned in it. in
0: your best interest. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. To some extent. I mean, I know people who have gone through training programs, very, very good training programs out there, but it, you know, as I've immersed myself in this world and kind of own that a little bit more where it's like, I don't, I never thought of myself as a UX person, but since I'm doing all this product work, you know, I think that people, one, one thing that was said to me that was really, really clear is that companies have. Pro like product mindsets. And it's sort of like, you think you, you kind of think in that way mm-hmm. and it kind of has to come from the top down where it's mm-hmm. like, if, if, if the company is thinking about those things that you just said in terms of like being nimble, being, you know, more open-minded, being kind of like able to not be too set in a rigid way, that's going to permeate from the top down, no matter how big the company is. And, you know, you look at something like Apple, where it's like this massive company, but, you know, within that company, you have a lot of creativity mm-hmm. in different departments doing things. And so, and, and, and that was kind of the thing that I think is interesting is that I think people are becoming more aware of that because the companies that aren't in that mindset, they, they notice that there's something about the other companies, you know, they, well, they, they can see, they can't
0: turn the ship as fast. Right. And exactly. so they're seeing all the missed opportunities that people who are smaller and more nimble can get to because they, their infrastructure isn't set up for this.
1: Mm-hmm. Love yeah, that hierarchy, sure. right? <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's even within a hierarchy, you can have somebody who is driving the discussion in a way that is open to change.
0: Mm, mm.
1: You know what I mean? Without necessarily like having to be so stuck in in one way of doing it. And I think that the companies that really embrace that are going to be set up at any scale, whether you're like a two person company or fortune 500, the -hmm. companies that embrace that, like, you know, we are in this world of change like it is, it is important that we embrace that change and like, be willing to step out of our, you know, path from time to time are going to do better than the companies that, that don't, you know?
0: Oh, absolutely. So when it comes to, you know, the digital transformation and, and all of that, what do you think are the kind of coming trends that people should be paying attention to that maybe we're being dismissed before, or that aren't really given their due right now?
1: I'm so bad at this one, to be honest. Oh, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I'm glad you didn't clear all the questions with me. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that, you know, it's, I've had a lot of discussions around AI recently because it's like people who I know and trust because I'm not, I'm not in, the, I, I, I don't know a whole lot about AI. I know a lot of techies are into that and watch the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've seen the movie, but um, just the way people talk about machine learning and stuff and and blockchains and things like that, where it's like, it gets sprinkled into conversation without people really understanding what or why. And it's like, It's like sometimes the technology gets a little too far ahead in terms of the promise where it is like a unicorn type thing where you're you're kind of like, oh, this is the Holy Grail and it's going to solve everything. And it's like, well, it's not that it's not that it's without promise it's just that like, it, it, it's like, you know, you have to know when to use it and what the right balance is. Like mm. when, when we're talking about like, you know, human-centered design, there's a lot of data involved in terms of like, you know, being able to uh, look at what people are doing or, or can you, can you affect a change with it, you know, with small tweaks and that sort of thing. But there's also like user interviews and things like that. that are a little bit you know more traditional that aren't necessarily all this data driven da, 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 da. you know so i think that there's got to be a balance um I, I guess that's maybe the answers that i see is that like you can't have too much of an over-reliance on it i mean because these yeah. things then you just get down this path where like the vc world you can just spend like millions of dollars on this shit that oh and it God. doesn't do anything like it's I've like and it. It, it has no it, like do you
0: know how fast it, you can burn through millions of dollars <laughs> like you it, it can happen fast, yeah. Yeah. especially when it comes to technology. Um, and what I love about what you're sharing is, is this aspect of balance of it's not necessarily putting all your poker chips in on one thing, just because yeah. that may be what the trend is or what's popular, if you will. Um, but really looking at what is in your business's best interest in learning and looking at that ROI. Um, are there any things that people should take into consideration when they're looking at taking that next step in their business with the human design and applications and even their website, right? Um, What are the considerations that they should take before making a decision with where to put their next investment?
1: I mean, I would, I would say not enough people think about whatever that project is, what it's going to look like in a year, even Mm. like even that alone would be because so many people start the, From the standpoint of how long will this take? I just had an
0: image of being like, (laughs) this is horrible and so sexist for me. Like, if you want to know, like, look at the future uh, with your wife, like take a look at the mom kind of thing of like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) But like looking at the future was so bad. I might have edited that out, but looking at the, like, not just looking at the now in terms of, oh, wow, this is, you know. This is what I want to do in getting hyper excited. Sorry, I totally interrupted you, but it just had to share it. I
1: shouldn't have. <laughs> no, it's a good analogy, and and now I won't be able to share this podcast with my future mother in law. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think you're. I think that's right because you know people want to race to the finish line. Like by the time we're talking, almost everybody is like. How long is this going to take? Can we get this done in 2 to 3 months? And it's like Oof. even if we get it done in 2 to 3 months, which is, you know, usually like you can get anything, like I mean it's not crazy to think about that. But it's not but done done. It's not done done. Yeah, and 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 like after those 2 to 3 months, like what does the next 6 months look like? And what does the next 12 months look like? And like it's insane to me how many people don't have like a product roadmap or or you know they don't they don't have a team in place to support stuff like that i mean i shouldn't be surprised at this point but i'm i'm continually surprised because people kind of just like you said they want to go on fiverr and like hey i got i got five grand like can i get this done it's like sure but also like is it going to do anything or like is it is it you know i mean is it just going to get be up and done and you know it's it's like, sure, you got dressed today. Great. Like, right. what are you going well, mean, to do with your day? It's a bit you know? like
0: a child, right? Yeah. Like you you kind of go through this iteration and brainstorming and you you give birth to this thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and, and, but then it still needs to be nurtured and fed and you might need to send it to private school. And then yeah. maybe it does or doesn't want to go to college. And what if it wants a master's and God forbid a PhD. And then yeah. will it actually even do anything other than be a professor if it does get a PhD, right? Like, <laughs> but really thinking and supporting and and the 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 nimbleness of it i think is something that a lot of people don't look at when it comes to the application because there is such a mm-hmm. this is what it needs to do but human behavior may demonstrate that that's no longer something that's valued by your market space right mm-hmm. and so or something another product came and just happened to blow you out of the water how do you take that and redirect it to still achieve a
1: result i think uh the concept of technical debt is really what we're getting at but it it's like people don't even, uh, it's surprising, but people don't know about that concept of of like, yeah, you're just, you're creating debt. Like when you, when you launch like that kid, like when you launch it out into the world, it's like, it's not like that's the end of it. That's really just the beginning. Yeah. And the longer you put it off, you're accruing a debt to maintain that thing. A- and then you have to decide like, is this, you know. Is this something that will live for the next five to 10 years or is it, is it not, you know, moving away from the baby analogy. (laughs) Right.
0: In terms of, I mean, it's just like investments in our businesses, right? Some of them have paid off in droves where you're just like, oh, wow, that was such a good, whatever insert thing that you invested in. And -hmm. a lot of them end up being things that you learned from, not that necessarily that you got your from, but you were able to build a better product or a better concept Because it grew from something that nef- wasn't necessarily fruitful, right? Um, but it still contributed to the end result. And so I think looking at it from that perspective, it's kind of uh, maybe like going to Vegas, right? Of being like, mm-hmm. "Look, this is a little bit of fun money.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're not
0: necessarily going to, you know, win the house or whatever the term. See, so, yeah, I'm not good at this sometimes. But you're not going to break the house or whatever it is. You know, sometimes you will. Mm-hmm. But really, looking at what's the long term goal, and do you have the sustainable co- components in place to continue to? work your business when this is supposed to be like sprinkles on the cake and not the actual cake itself.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's really about mitigating risk, right? So it's like everything is a gamble, um, you know, and, and you're just giving yourself a better chance if you contextualize it. Like if you think about it, you set your goals, you kind of have a game plan going in, think about the life cycle of whatever it is you're building. You're going to, you're going to have far greater chance of success. It's always still a gamble, but you know, if you're just going in blind and just saying, how do I get this done in a month for the cheapest amount of money? It's like, okay, well, that's a, that's a real tough bet because it's like, now you just have to make it. It's like, you're putting all your chips on on red and you're like, all right, let's do it. You know, I mean, without that, without that sort of foreknowledge or forethought, I mean, you're really limiting your, your potentiality to, to make it successful and to work for you, you know?
0: Oh, so good. And, and I really love the, I mean, that's just general good advice for your business, whether you're looking at a technological investment, really any investment and looking at your strategy in your business. It's that forethought, looking at the 30,000 foot view and not just staying at the three foot one. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Nate, you've shared a lot of stuff, some things that went over our heads, um, (laughs) some things that landed for definitely sure right on point. How can people get in touch with you and learn a little bit more about what you do and how you could support them in their next um, positive investment in their business.
1: Well, thanks for having me, Kat. This was really fun. And I'm glad we came up with uh, a ton of different analogies to describe what what we do. <laughs> um, if, if you want to get in touch, how you
0: share this with your-
1: <laughs> your I just want to animate it. I'm going to send it to an animator and like get all the different analogies out there. Um, but yeah, I'm at Nate Cooper on Twitter. Uh, if you want to follow me personally, I wrote a comic book about how to build websites. Um, and that's something that like me personally, uh, has been like a, kind of a thing that I share with people, but if you want to check out the work that we do with Swarm, uh, our website is swarmnyc.com and I'll put something up on swarmnyc.com slash free by the time, <laughs> by the time this podcast is up. Awesome.
0: Um Any, and all of that will be in the show notes for you guys to check out and a little bit description of what will be going up and any parting words, kind of things for people to keep in mind um, who are listening right now. <sighs>
1: I think- it's always good to do your homework. I mean, don't make it, don't, don't go overboard. I think people freak out a lot with technology. Mm. Um, that's normal. It's fine. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be an expert, but uh, you know, but like I said, don't try to just like barrel down the road at 3000 miles per hour, like take a step back, like you said, and think about it before you jump in
0: oh, and, and get the people who know what you don't know. Right. So we can't see the picture from the frame, but some people yeah. can see the whole picture for you. So Thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's fun.